Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball, let the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here, for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by Peyton. From the glove to the claw, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, got your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcasts on YouTube where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Calvin, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. It is Thursday, May Which is 12th. Friday in, or sorry, Saturday in my world. Oh, that's nice. This is my weekend, Thursday, Friday. That, that, that's really nice. It's a Thursday for me, but uh, it's a half day. Um, not going to lie, I got bored in the second game yesterday and spent a little time at happy hour. Uh, so running a little slow today. I'm going to do this, and then I think I'm going to the other side to watch Sonic 2. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the first Sonic. but I did not. Great movie. Yeah? Yeah. I, I actually liked it a lot. I was really surprised. You must like it if you're driving all the way to the other side to go watch Sonic 2. I got to do some shopping and stuff, too. <laughs> so we're getting cables. We're setting up the DJ equipment for our party on Tuesday. So make sure you guys join us all for that. But welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. Today's show is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to talk about some injury updates. We're going to talk about uh, the Executive of the Year Award. Kyrie Irving drama, more Kyrie Irving drama. We're going to talk about the games that happened yesterday, or uh, one game that happened yesterday. Yeah, mostly just the Bucks and Celtics game. Then we're going to give some previews into today's games. We have two awesome games today. And then we're going to end the show, as always, with Q&A. So thank you all for joining us. Welcome in. And uh, Calvin, let's get started. Um, what's the news on the injury front? Uh, not huge news, I guess, yet. Uh, just a couple minor injuries to report. Otto Porter Jr., of course, leaving uh, la get last night's Game 5 in Memphis with what they're calling a sore right foot. Uh, maybe he just was not very happy and didn't want to participate in that beatdown anymore, so he told Mike Brown that his foot was sore. I don't know. But he was. Uh, this was a game that they just got him back for, and now he's seems to have uh, re-injured himself. So a key member of the rotation for this team, they, they could definitely use him. It's it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. And then uh, for tonight's game six in Philadelphia, Matisse Thibel is currently listed as questionable with left foot soreness. It's not a good day for feet. Mm, not a good day at all. They need to get some Dr. Scholes in there and yeah. see, what, see what can happen. Uh, any news on... Embiid, what's going on with him? Joel Embiid is not even listed on the injury report currently for Philadelphia. Okay. So I, I don't really know what that means. I know that he is still injured yeah. <laughs> in multiple areas of his body. Yeah. But he will definitely play. 
Hopefully tonight. he's not mentally injured in this game. Yeah. Because that seems to be uh, impacting him the most out of all the injuries. In other news, uh, Grizzlies GM Zach Clayman wins the top executive of the year award. He's only 33 years old. He is the youngest executive ever to win the award. Incredible. Uh, congratulations to him. The Memphis Grizzlies have had a great season. Uh, John Morant's been out three separate occasions with knee injuries. Uh, they won 20 games without him in the regular season, and they just won a game last night without him game. at home. Uh, I just want to take a look here at this Grizzlies roster because I think he's done an incredible job building this team. Um, whatever your thoughts are on Steven Adams or the, the trade of uh, Valanchunas for Steven Adams, how that potentially worked out. Um, you know, you could think that Valanchunas is a better player. Maybe Steven Adams fits this team better. Uh, regardless of what you think, um, Steven Adams has one year left on his deal after this, $17.9 million. So he is a valuable expiring contract, and he's a valuable piece to this team. Um, Dylan Brooks, uh, incredible player, drafted by them. John Morant, incredible player, drafted. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been playing great, also drafted by them. He just signed an extension, four-year deal, uh, which is front-loaded, so it actually is declining every year, uh, which will help them re-sign John Morant. They drafted uh, DeAnthony Melton, who's been playing well, Tyus Jones, uh, Zaire Williams has had a great rookie season. Brandon Clark has been playing well for them. Uh, Desmond Bain, like they have done incredibly well in the draft recently. Oh yeah, I think you can easily make a case that they have they've been the team that's drafted the best over the past four or five years, probably. Um, and you know it's fitting that he's the youngest GM to win this award. The team is the second youngest team in the NBA, right? So they're all growing together. They're uh, they're coming for the league. They're coming for the championship. Uh, I don't want to be negative here, but the last time I saw a team this young and this exciting, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder with K, uh, KD, uh, Westbrook, and Harden. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this team is going to be good for a long time. And uh, they did have some success in the NBA. They made the finals. Um, you know, they lost or they traded Harden. Um, then they ended up trading Ibaka. They lost Durant in free agency. Um, then they trade Westbrook um, and Paul George. They're, you know, they've been all over the place. They are in the bottom of the league right now, but they have a ton of draft picks. They're ready to rebuild. I hope that the same situation doesn't happen with this Memphis Grizzlies team. It seems like these players enjoy each other. They enjoy uh, what they're creating and what they're building, and they seem to get along great and fit together well. So the sky is the limit for this Memphis Grizzlies team, but – just because you won executive of the year and you're the youngest ever, don't stop working, man, because you got to keep oh, pushing yeah, forward. He's got a lot of work to do. It is hard in today's NBA to keep a team like that together Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, it's not uh, some reasons out of his control. You know, some reasons are money. Uh, you have no idea what some of these guys are going to want or ask for in a couple years when they're up for contract extensions. But uh, I think we can agree now – this means that Taylor Jenkins is officially the favorite for coach of the year next year, right? Because I would we say saw so. Yep. James Jones win executive of the year yep. last year. Monty Williams wins coach of the year this year. 
We'll see how many. Uh, see if the pattern repeats itself. Knee injuries, John Morant has next season. Hopefully, oh, Barry just put the hex on. Hopefully, him. none at all. But um, yeah, just looking at the way this team has been constructed, and you know, I'm going back to the Jaron Jackson Jr. situation. When you front load contracts like this, you do it for a reason, um, and they seem to have a plan, and they seem to be setting themselves up great for the future. Uh, I'm gonna go as far to say. That, uh, you know, Zach has probably played NBA 2K, considering he's about my age. Uh, and I played a ton of 2K, assembling rosters, trying to figure <laughs> out how all the contracts fit together and staggering players and contracts to make yeah. it all work within the salary cap. I'm looking at his roster here, and I'm like, this dude has done this as well. Yeah, no, I mean, the video games today, they make it so that you can actually become you, you know you can use the the skills that are required to be good in the video game in real life now yep. i was just talking about this at work the other day with somebody and we were saying i wonder when an nfl team is going to hire one of the like madden pro champs as a offensive coordinator right you know right. because they run as many plays as a real offensive coordinator does they run more plays yeah that's the thing is like you know when i was playing 2k doing franchise mode i could run this this team for 10 years and then i could restart over and run it again for 10 years and once you start to do that over and over again you start to see those patterns and you your brain starts to say okay i made a mistake this season but i'm not getting fired i'm just resetting right. my game and starting over again and i do it i make all my mistakes and then you kind of learn and you're like wow real life is easy yeah <laughs> i wish i could say that but Welcome, Stephen. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday. All right, Calvin, next up, let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, you want to give everyone kind of a brief rundown on, on what's going down with him and uh, GM Sean Marks? Well, Kyrie Irving is, is back in the news. The, the Nets obviously have a big decision to make about him this offseason. He is eligible for the Supermax contract extension i think he also has a player option mm -hmm. for next year at 36 million dollars sean marks uh, was asked yesterday about kyrie irving specifically if he would be offered a long-term deal um, he as you would expect danced around the question a little bit but he also said some pretty surprising things and some pretty direct things one of them in particular being that they want players that are available healthy and available to help this team seems like a direct shot a direct hit at Kyrie Irving how could it not be yeah and it, it I mean it whether or not you think that he is um I, I don't think he's insulting or taking a an actual shot at Kyrie I think he's speaking the truth mm -hmm. there's no secret that they wanted him to play this year yeah uh, it just did not work out as exactly as as they would have envisioned it and to offer somebody that much money when you're really not sure how many games you're going to get out of them. I think in Kyrie's Brooklyn career, he's missed 123 games and played in like 108 yeah. or something like that. So that's a lot of money to spend for a guy that's going to be unavailable more than half the time. And they already gave him a ton of money. They did. Yeah, they already gave him a ton of money. And, you know, the Brooklyn team, Sean Marks is right. Kyrie's got to make a decision. And the decision he's referring to is, are you opting into the $36 million next season? Because, uh, you know, we've seen players in the past have decided to opt out to sign a longer-term deal uh, that's maybe a little bit less. 
or maybe somebody decides to give him the max. Uh, I don't know who's going to do that. They could work out a sign-in trade, or he could just straight up sign with somebody else, but he's not getting the super max if that happens. But, you know, Brooklyn's also got to do some thinking as well because you just re-signed Kevin Durant. He's making $44 million next season, 46 the year after that, 49 and then 53 He's already 33 years old, so he's going to be making over $50 million as a 37-year-old, which is crazy. It's nuts. LeBron's been playing well at 37, but LeBron hasn't dealt with the injuries that Kevin Durant yeah. has dealt with. Then you're also paying a 25-year-old in Ben Simmons. You paid him $31 million this season, well, part of that, to not play. You're paying him 33.9 next season. 36 the season after that and 38 the season after that just those two combined next season are making close to 80 million dollars then you throw joe harris in there he's making 18 million next season and 19 million the season after that if kyrie irving does opt in to his player option that right there is over 120 million dollars between four players. <laughs> That's crazy. Four players. Well, $120 million dollars is about what the salary cap is also. Yeah, which is is crazy. Um, and then you got, you know, guys like Seth Curry, last year of his deal, $8 million. Patty Mills got a $6 million player option. This is without filling out your roster. Right. So right. do you let Kyrie opt out and you say, hey, our big three is going to be KD, Ben Simmons and Joe Harris or Seth Curry maybe. or Seth Curry. And we're going to surround them and try and fill and make this team a little bit deeper. Um, or do you just let Kyrie Irving opt in and you say, we're going to give it one more year and see what happens. But if he says I'm opting out because I want to sign a long-term deal with Brooklyn, I'm a little questionable there because you're basically betting your entire franchise on Kyrie Irving. And whether he's going to bring you a championship or bring you to the promised land, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if you do, there's basically no backup plan at that point. No. Uh, the Nets are – Sean Marks should be in the conversation for GM of the year every year that he has to deal with Kyrie Irving, I would say, <laughs> on his team. Not that he should necessarily win, but I, I definitely do not envy Sean Marks's position whatsoever. I mean, not just having to deal with everything that Kyrie Irving brings, um, both you know on the court and off the court, but you look at this team. They this is the team that used had to use the most starting lineups in the NBA this year because their team was completely decimated with injuries. Mm -hmm. So even if Kyrie doesn't come back, as you mentioned, you still have a pretty nice core of players there that cost you a lot of money, and you still have to fill out the roster, but. Every, almost everyone on that team has major injury concerns. Kevin Durant does. Yep. Ben Simmons does. Joe Harris is now coming back from missing basically an entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got aging veterans that you don't know are, are going to be on the team or not. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, all these guys. So the Nets and the Lakers are really in very, very similar positions here. Handicapped with money, handicapped with players that they're not sure for different reasons, but they're not sure whether or not they fit, um, you know, committing mentally to this team, physically yep. to this team, um, <clears throat> point guard questions that they're, they have some very difficult off seasons ahead of them. Those two franchises. 
Yeah, they they really do. Uh, so you know, shout out to Sean Marks. You've done what you can. You brought these guys to Brooklyn, uh, and the hype was there. You were the favorite to win the title for two seasons. Unfortunately, didn't do it. You were able to salvage the the James Harden situation. Let's see what you can do with Ben Simmons. Let's see what you can do with Kyrie Irving. I still have a lot of hope for this team, but they have a lot of questions uh, to answer this offseason. What's up, Phoenix? Good to see you. Um, Glad I did, you brought that up. I did pick Boston to win yesterday. <laughs> um, the reason I'm doing this is because I screwed up, and I picked Brooklyn to beat Boston. And I had Brooklyn going to the Eastern Conference Finals because – I thought they could put it together. I was trying to turn a negative in Kyrie Irving not playing the whole season into a positive and saying he's finally healthy. He's well-rested. He's well-rested. He's full of energy. Maybe they can make a run here. The only reason I picked Boston to win this series is because then Calvin doesn't have one of his final four, and I don't have one of my <laughs> final four, and we're tied. But uh, I thought they were going to win that game until the end. Yeah, I actually... You can uh, roll the footage on yesterday's show. I, I believe I called Milwaukee to win that game by three. Yeah, you also said Golden State were, was closing it out. We don't have to talk about that <laughs> game. But I had Milwaukee winning this series in six games before it started yeah. ag against the Brooklyn Nets, but whatever, it still counts. <laughs> hey, you got the final four. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into today's, or actually yesterday's games, uh, two one and a half exciting games yesterday. <laughs> Milwaukee goes into Boston, uh, and they actually get their first win on the road here against the Boston Celtics. Uh, that's actually the second. Oh, they sorry. won game one. Sorry, on the road. second game. Uh, they're up three to two in this series. An amazing performance by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Forty points for him. Eleven rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, seven turnovers. Didn't like that, um, but that, that's okay. Um, and then Drew Holiday, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. One of the hugest blocks I've seen uh, in this year's playoffs. And they were talking about all day today on ESPN all morning long. And then they just happened to show that LeBron chase down block <laughs> oh, yeah. on Andre Iguodala. I forget how amazing that block was. Yeah. And that was like game seven. game 7. That was like literally the most games you could play in a season. And he's... Full energy, two minutes left, gets that block. That was just unreal. That was an exciting series to watch. Uh, but back to the game. Huge plays by Drew Holiday late in this game. The block and the steal. Um, just Shout out to Bobby Portis. Huge offensive rebound and yeah, put back there. On the missed free, the throw. missed free throw. If you're Boston, you simply cannot let that happen. That, that probably cost them the game. Um, and, yeah, Boston was up 14 points in that fourth quarter. They, they yep. had the game in hand. But, yeah, Giannis and Drew Holiday really were something else there down the stretch, both on offense and defense. Yeah, 34 points for Jason Tatum in this game, 26 for Jalen Brown, 15 for Marcus Smart. Unfortunately, he is the one that gets blocked and turns it over late in this game. Mm -hmm. I know he's probably uh, very angry with himself because that – that dude just has such high expectations for himself, his teammates, uh, all positives. But when you do lose, you do take it out on yourself. It's crazy to think about this, Calvin. If Boston could have got one of those tip-ins in the, like, two games ago and they could have pulled this game out, this series would have been over already. Yeah. That's like one or two plays makes up the it's entire a game series. game of inches. 
which is crazy. Now they have to head to Milwaukee uh, to try and tie the series for an up. elimination game. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What did you see in this game? What did uh, what did Milwaukee do differently? Um, we saw Giannis was bleeding pretty much this whole game. Yeah, he was. I was surprised. Like he's literally running down the court, and there's blood all down the side of his face, and I'm like. Why are the referees not stopping the game? Like, normally, <laughs> any yeah, it's, oh, they're very there's a little bit of blood yeah. on somebody's finger. Yep. It's, uh, what is it, infectious disease? Uh-huh. Or did they change the name again? They they just call it a... a I don't know what, the, what they call it. Non-COVID-related cut. <laughs> um, but anyways, he was, like, bleeding down his face. I'm like, stop the game. What is going on here? Incredible play for him. Yeah. Uh, what did you see differently from... From the Bucks, um, I, I don't know how much I saw differently. I mean, that this whole series, ever since they lost Middleton, right? It's been how great are is are Giannis and Drew Holiday going to be? Um, in this game, you know, it's funny that each team had four players in double figures, so it really came down to which stars were going to outshine the other stars in the end, and and it was Giannis and Drew Holiday making the big plays at the end over Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, Al Horford was pretty much non-existent in this game. Grant Williams, another guy who was huge for Boston in Game 3, uh, zero points in 31 minutes, 0 of 3 from the field. Mm-hmm. So it, you don't have the the complimentary or the role player performances that could swing a game for you. It comes down to your stars making big plays at the end. At the end Giannis hitting a huge 3 there at towards the end of the game. Bobby Portis with that big offensive rebound. And then, yeah, Drew Holiday. Um, everybody is talking about how Jason Tatum was running free down the sideline there. He was wide open. Yep. Um, maybe it's a different story. We, we might go to overtime if Marcus Smart sees him. But give credit to Drew Holiday, who, uh, you know, makes a two amazing defensive plays, both on Marcus Smart at the end of the game. EJ was calling over, overtime at halftime. Yeah. He was calling it. He's like, oh, I see overtime in this game. It definitely had that feel to it. You know, even after Pat Connaughton hit those two free throws, yep. I was still thinking, all right, this is uh, – I plenty think we're of getting time extra left. basketball here. Yep, plenty of time left. But, nope, Drew Holiday sneaks in and, and steals the game. Literally. I feel like the end of that game – so Milwaukee goes up three – uh, Boston didn't have a timeout to advance the ball, so they were there in the backcourt. And I think they were just hurrying to get the ball across because they didn't want Milwaukee to intentionally foul them and then they go to the line for two free throws. Yeah, I think that's what put the pressure on Marcus Smart and uh, led to that eventual turnover. Well, Boston also didn't want the ball inbounded to to Marcus Smart. Yeah. The Bucks forced that. Yeah. They, they took away Tatum. It almost backfired on him because I forget who it was, but somebody fell down, and that left yep. Jason Tatum running free down the sideline. But, again, give credit to Milwaukee. They they made the big plays offensively and defensively down the stretch, even though it's a pretty big collapse if you're the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. at home. Um, We've seen this before. Big-time players make big-time plays. Giannis is, you know, like we're saying, Phoenix is saying in the chat here, Arguably the best player in the world right now. Yep. So they're the defending champs. You you got to beat the champs to win, to be the champs, right? I mean, we've seen this over and over again in the NBA. Um, you know, guys 
once they reach that year seven, eight, nine, like Giannis is in year nine right now, won the championship last year, they just seem to reach that comfort level where there's no panic, there's no worry. They've been through so much so far in the NBA that they're ready to shine and perform at their best in the brightest moments. He won the championship last season. Wouldn't be surprised if he won it again this year. Uh, and then won MVPs two years before that. Jason Tatum, it's only his fifth year in the league at this point, so I can I expect him to continue to get better and get more comfortable. Um, it's just amazing looking at the Grizzlies and how young they are and how they're playing yeah. because this Boston team, for me, will get much better. They just need a little bit more experience, a little bit more time, and they need to let these stars uh, flourish. I think it's a yeah. little early for them. Well, yeah, I, yes and no. I agree that with some of that. They, they've already been to the Eastern Conference Finals with those with that group. Yeah, with those that uh, their core group of players, Tatum and Brown. Um, so yeah, they still they're still young and they still will probably get better. Um, but they're they're far much ahead in their progression than a team like the Memphis Grizzlies are. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Any other thoughts on this game before we move on to the most disappointing game of the, yesterday? <laughs> well, it's just been a pleasure to watch this series. I mean, it, these teams, like w- we have said, they're evenly matched. Um, Tatum, Tatum, Brown, Giannis, and Drew Holiday have been trading blows like heavyweight fighters in this series all all series long, and it's it's been really entertaining to watch. I think mm-hmm. Game 6 will be another great game, another close game. Um, and we'll see if the Bucks can close it out on their home floor. Who do you think wins game six on Friday? Uh, I got to stick with Milwaukee. I picked them to win in yeah. six Yep. before the series started. They're at home. Um, I made the mistake of going against my pick for the Golden State Warriors last night because I had them winning that series in six games. Thought they would do it last night, and I was dead wrong. Yeah. So I will not make that mistake again. Milwaukee closes it out in game six. I agree with you. I think they close it out on Friday, and uh, Giannis does it again. He didn't look that tired in this game, at least not the, as the much Celtics, as the game before. The Celtics are going to have to hit probably, thir- I'll say at least 13 threes in that game in order for them to win. Okay. They had what? 13 10? or 14. They had 10 in, in the last game. 32%. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. All right, moving on here. The second game on Wednesday, I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch this whole game. Uh, I watched the first half, and then I watched bits and pieces when they were down 55. I was like, there was why, nothing really to watch. Why am I watching this game? They, they ultimately lose 134-95 to the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. Jaron Jackson Jr., that's just fun to say. Jaron Jackson Jr., 21 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. He was not in foul trouble in this game, Calvin, which is something we need to keep our eyes on. When This guy does not get in foul trouble. He can play freely. He can play aggressively. And uh, incredible player, man. I just Every time I watch this guy, I'm just like, this guy is amazing. Yeah. I think he's, he's underappreciated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 7 points. 13 rebounds for Steven Adams in this game, 12 points for Dylan Brooks, 
21 for Tyus Jones and 21 for Desmond Bain. Uh, they had some bench production here, 11 points from Brandon Clark, 9 from Concher, uh, 10 from Melton, and 11 from Zy, oh, Zyre Williams. And then looking at the Warriors here, Draymond Green, 5 points in this game, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 turnovers, 17 for Kaminga. He started, and he played actually more minutes than the last game. He played 24 yeah. minutes in this game, 19 minutes for Andrew Wiggins, only 5 points for him, disappointing uh, showing for him, 14 for Steph Curry, 19 for Clay Thompson, and then uh, 10 for Damian Lee and 10 for uh, Moses Moody off the bench. Jordan Poole appeared to get injured in this game. Yep. Um, thoughts on the game, Cal? Uh, I have very few thoughts on this game. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot to talk about here. The, the Warriors just got absolutely obliterated. I, I mean, it it is it was shocking, really, really shocking to see them down by 50 points in a playoff game. Yeah. Down by 60 points in a playoff game. Uh. The Warriors were sloppy with the ball, 22 turnovers. Memphis took really good care of the basketball, only nine turnovers. Um, they shot well. The Warriors didn't. They, they just outplayed them in every facet of this game. Um, and, yeah, you f we finally got to see Desmond Bain have a good performance over 20 points. Uh, if him and Jaron Jackson Jr. are playing like that, shooting like that from the outside, you know, they, they shot ridiculously well as a team. Um, Golden State, one of their biggest – problems all year long has been turnovers they were in the bottom three or four of the league all year in turnovers per game um not really sure what the the real reason for that is this is normally a team that shares the ball really well and takes good care of it they do have so, a lot of new younger players that they're mixing into the lineup this particular season maybe that's some of the reason for it but they can't afford to have a game like that where they turn the ball over 20 times yeah, 20 or more times. Uh, it hurts me to say this, but they were looking like the Sacramento Kings out there uh, <laughs> with the Kings head coach. They basically Maybe they did get traded to the Kings yeah, after all. They manifested it, making fun of the Kings in the, in the game before that. Now they actually do look like the Sacramento Kings. They turned the ball over. Uh, you know, their assist-to-turnover ratio for the game was one. Yeah. Which is crazy. As opposed to 37 assists for the Memphis Grizzlies and only 10 turnovers. That's a 3.7. Uh, huge difference there. They shot the ball all right, not from the free throw line. They only took 13 attempts uh, from free, free throw range as opposed to 30 for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies just straight up wanted this game more. Golden State seemed like they were ready to walk into Memphis and win an easy one against a job, Morantless uh, Memphis Grizzlies team. And Memphis was like, nope, that's not happening. We've played too many games without this guy this season. Uh, we know how to win without him. Um, and, I mean, I'm looking at this game, Calvin. You're down 55 points in a closeout game. That's something I don't think we've ever seen from this Golden State Warriors team in this era. Uh, you know, they barely won game one. They barely won the last game. Um I think this was the third largest margin of victory for a team facing elimination in postseason history. Wow. Should the Warriors be worried? Hell yeah. <laughs> they have not played well the last two games at all. 
Um, and not having John Morant out there, you would think those are games that the Warriors should win handily, especially coming off of their 142-point game three where they looked like they had finally clicked again. They found they, they regained that championship uh, or, you know, Warrior style. This is not a good situation for them right now. They, they still have the, the upper hand in this series. They're going back home up 3-2. Um, but th- they really <clears throat> are – they should definitely be worried because they are not playing very well as a team right now. They've got to cut down on the turnovers. Um, they're going to obviously need to be more efficient offensively. they got to get more out of Jordan Poole in game six. And uh, I think Andrew Wiggins is – I'm looking at him as a guy that really needs to step up for this team, both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. It's such a strange series, right? Like – the Warriors win game one by one point on the road. Uh, then the Warriors lose game two by five points. Then they blow out Memphis with John Morant. This is the game that he got injured late in. They blow out uh, the Warriors by 30 points. Then they barely squeeze out a win, three-point win, without John Morant. And then they just completely didn't even show up to this game they lost by what 39 points it's a very weird series it is very physical uh to me the difference in these wins and losses for memphis is when memphis loses they're in foul trouble and they can't play aggressive when they stay out of foul trouble and they get good performances by the role players they have a shot or they do win the game so that's really what I'm looking forward uh, in Game 6. I know it's in Golden State. I know yesterday I, I called that Memphis was going to win this game and then Golden State was going to close out in Game 6. I still feel that way, but I'm a little bit more concerned. Yeah, I definitely think you have to be concerned if you're the Warriors. You, you do not – you cannot afford to let this go back to Memphis for a Game 7. Are they the Golden State – Warriors at this point <laughs> today they are I mean I I feel like it could go either way right like this team has been together for a long time they have a lot of strong personalities one really strong personality in Draymond Green that could completely brush it off and be like whatever guys it, that was one bad game let it go uh next game's at home we're gonna close it out we're gonna win the series they don't have their best player they potentially have two games to close it out uh but this next game for me is like the game it has to be done in. If you're Golden State, like you have to win game six. Otherwise, if you don't win game six, game seven, there's no pressure on the Memphis Grizzlies, in my opinion. They're playing with house money. The game is at home. You didn't have your best player. You were able to push this team to seven games, and now it's one game, win or go home. Golden State needs to win game six. They did, and if you think about it, they had the opportunity to close this series out last night, giving them a few more days rest ahead of what happens in this Phoenix-Dallas yep. series. Now both team, both series are racing for uh, you know that little bit of extra rest that they could get heading into the Western Conference Finals. It, it could make a big difference either way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You got Golden State in Game 6? I do. All right. I do. 
All right. Anything else you want to mention on this before we move on to today's games? Uh, we got action starting here in about 30 minutes. Now on to the next. All right. So first game today, Miami heads to Philadelphia. Oh, wow. The injury report just shrunk on the Miami Heat. Oh, uh, go it was, figure. It was pretty long. Tyler Hero was on it. Matt Strauss was on it. Uh, the only guy left on it is Kyle Lowry. He's out we'll not play in this today. game. Matisse Thibel still listed as day-to-day. Philadelphia is favored by two in this game, which is pretty wild. Uh, Joel Embiid is still rocking the mask. Is dealing with a back injury now, a finger injury, a face injury, uh, a brain or emotional injury, uh, heart injury. A lot of injuries for Joel Embiid. Um, but, Calvin, first thoughts on this game? Well, I... And Miami's it, up 3-2. It, it all comes, obviously, it all comes down to what Philadelphia team are we going to see today? You know, will Joel Embiid look like the MVP or the the MVP candidate that he played at level-wise all year long? What's James Harden going to do? And then from there, you know, if those two guys show up and play really well, it gives opportunity for the rest of the team to play well, too. Tobias Harris, Danny Green, uh, they're going to need those guys to hit threes they've shot the ball much better at home but i I am uh i wore my miami heat jersey again last time i wore this jersey the heat won (laughs) i think this series is over i just feel like after game five philadelphia looked so uh just dejected and slow they knew Uh, they were gonna lose the series they uh did not show up for the biggest game of the season in any way and I, i think that spells the end for philadelphia today yeah yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen them bounce back from tough performances like that. Um, but I'm going to agree with you. I think Miami smells blood at this point. I think they go for the jugular. Uh, I think they eliminate. Oh, you used that phrase. I stayed away from that one today because I yeah. taught, I said that exact <laughs> phrase about the Warriors yesterday. Yeah, I, I, think, they, I think they do it. Uh, I think they're too hungry, um, and I expect them to win this game to advance on and, and to kind of sit back and be like, okay, who are we playing? We're getting healthy. Kyle Lowry's working on his hamstring. We're gaming for whoever advances. But uh, I still expect this Miami Heat team to make it to the finals this year. We what, shall see. What does Philadelphia need to do to win this game? They need to have – Harden and Embiid play like their two best players, first of all. Uh, They need to take care of the basketball. They turned it over way too many times in game five. And they need to hit – their role players need to hit outside shots. Tyrese Maxey's got to play well. Danny Green or George Niang, whoever it's going to be, Korkmaz, they've got to get some of those role players stepping up and hitting, uh, you know, two, three, four, three-point shots within this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, they just the, need to score. The energy level just score. has to be much, much higher. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they need – Miami got too many easy looks at the basket. Uh, they looked faster to the ball. They were out running um, a lot of that game. Philadelphia just needs to bring their energy and effort level way, way up on both sides. Yeah. I also expect Jimmy Butler to have a huge game here in Philadelphia. I, I think this is the – 
See you guys. Aren't you glad you didn't re-sign well, me? He, because I could have been your seventy-three your points combined in games three and four in Philadelphia. Yeah, so yeah. he he doesn't he does like playing there. And they did lose those games. <laughs> they did lose those games. But I because he was the only one that did anything. Yeah, I expect this to be the uh, the revenge game for Jimmy <laughs> Butler in saying, "You guys should have signed me. Y'all didn't think I was a max player." Miami thought I was a max player. Yeah. I took him to the finals, and I'm about to take him to the finals again. So yeah. uh, definitely you don't want to get a guy that has a chip on his shoulder as large as him. You don't want to get uh, that guy angry at your franchise or your team. And, yeah. and there's quite a few teams that he's pissed off already. <laughs> yes. All right, moving on to the second game of the day. Here's the real game today. Phoenix heads to Dallas. Phoenix is favored by two in this game. Nobody listed on the injury report. Phoenix is up 3-2. Do they close it out here in Dallas, Calvin? This is a tough one for me. I keep going back and forth. I'm actually surprised that Phoenix is favored in this game. Dallas plays really well at home. They've played very, very well at home in this series. Jalen Brunson's had some really great games in Dallas. Dorian Finney-Smith went uh, ballistic from three the last time we saw them in Dallas. So, yeah. uh it, this is a tough one. I, I'm still going to pick Phoenix to win this game. I think odds are Chris Paul is going to have a good game at some point here. He's got this to. This might be the one. But I think Devin Booker is really locked in. He looks uh, very, very good to me. DeAndre Ayton's coming off another really good game as well. So I, I think Phoenix is going to end up winning this game and closing the series out. I've, I've picked Miami and Phoenix to win every game in this series, even the ones that they've lost. Um, but I think they're the better teams, and uh, you know it's all going to come down for Dallas to Luka Magic and how many threes are they going to be able to hit? Yeah. Uh, what do you think the over under on unwanted hugs in this game is? <laughs> There's no love lost in this series. That's for sure. Is Chris Paul bringing his family to this game? If I was Chris Paul's family, I w- even if he wanted me there, I'd say, no, nah, I'm just going to watch on TV, bro. Sorry. I feel like if I was him, I would I'll not see want back them in there. Phoenix. Like, I don't yeah, want any no, distractions. I don't, I don't think they're going to be in attendance. I mean, maybe they are. They'll, if they are, they'll have extra security around them probably, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe but. put them in a bubble or something. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think Phoenix is going to close out the series. I, I think it's getting to that point where these teams are like, okay, we just need one good game close it out we need to rest we need to get healthy we need to preserve our energy for the next round i think having uh you know veteran players on your team like a jimmy butler a chris paul they are the voice in the locker room and they are the ones explaining the gravity of the situation yes we could let it go to seven games and we have two chances but we need to win now yeah it's important every single game matters at this point luka doncic i think is going to have a, a monster monster game yeah today yeah Re- regardless of whether they win or lose i think he comes i'm talking like a 30 point triple double probably I Some, could see something that. major i wouldn't but be surprised dallas if he had 40 only, points yeah dallas double. only wins if they also are going to get contributions from everybody else jalen brunson dinwiddie they've yep. got to hit a Maxi bunch of Kleba. threes yep. in this game for them for dallas to win when cleoba shoots well the mavs play really yep. really well it's funny, man. I, I'm looking here. The NBA has got to be stoked on this lineup. You know, we potentially have four series here going to Game 7. Uh, you know, they're all tied 3-2 at this point. 
if you and I are completely wrong and Philadelphia and Dallas win today, they force a game seven. If, uh, you know, Boston and uh, – We could potentially have four game yeah, sevens. If Boston and Miami, or Memphis pull out tomorrow, that's a game seven as well. My question for you, Calvin, who has the best chance to force a game seven? And will there only be one? Oof. This this is tough. Um, I before yesterday, I thought the only teams that or the teams that had the best chance would be Boston or Milwaukee, whichever team is down in that series, and Dallas. Uh, but now, I'm starting to worry about Golden State. Yeah. So the only team that I don't think has a great chance to force a game seven is Philadelphia. Okay. Those other three series. I still am picking Phoenix to win the game. I think they will close this out. But uh, it's not a, a for sure thing to me. It's not a done deal. The best series that has the best chance of going seven, in my mind, is Milwaukee and Boston. Yep. They've just been the closest, evenly matched series. Um, they've split, you know, pretty much every game in that series, 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 mm-hmm. one. Now Boston has a chance to go get another one on the road. Um, but the Warriors... They better figure it out fast. Otherwise, that series is going back to Memphis for a game seven, too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's these two series. Bottom line, Boston could force a game seven. Memphis could force a game seven. Uh, which team do you think is more likely to win a game seven out of those two? Uh, you Out of the Golden State and Milwaukee series? Memphis or Boston. Memphis or Boston? Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I will. I'll actually go with Memphis. Okay. Just because I I don't like the way the Warriors look right now as a team. Milwaukee, even when they lose, it's still usually a close game. Giannis has been phenomenal all series long. Um, it, that series really has come down to who makes bigger plays in the fourth quarter wins the game. Yep. Um, except for the the one game where. Boston shot incredibly well from three, and it was never really close. So I I, tr- I trust Milwaukee more in a game seven. As of right now, I'm, it's crazy to even say this, but they are the champs yeah. than I do the Warriors just because of the way they've looked and having to go back to Memphis for a game seven. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right, guys, we've reached uh, that time of the show again. We are going to open it up to Q&A. So if you guys have any questions, any topics, any subjects you would like us to cover, just uh, let us know here in the chat, and we'd be happy to go over them all before we head out. Uh, We mentioned two awesome games today, so hopefully you guys are able to watch both of those. And then Calvin and I will be back again tomorrow. Don't worry. We'll be live again tomorrow doing the show. Also want to remind you all next week, Tuesday, very important day, the NBA Draft Lottery. We'll still be live on this channel, and we will be doing a draft party on our other channel, Royal Rebounds. All right, a couple comments here. The Suns win and the Heat win in Scorchers tonight. Ooh, that's, a, that's a bold pick there, bold, bold pick. The Heat is bringing the Sun, and the Suns are bringing the Heat <laughs> in the game. Scorchers, I love it. I think it. Miami I has a better chance to win going away than uh, Phoenix does. But I still yep. think both Miami and Phoenix win tonight. Yep. I agree. How worried are you about Mike Brown as a head coach? 
This is how many worries I got. Zero. It's too early to worry, man. It's way too early to worry. Yeah, it it would be very unfair to judge Mike Brown based on last night's performance. Yeah. I, I feel. I mean, any of the performances. Yes, you've been the assistant coach. Yes, you've been with this team for a while. But you literally got the call on your way to the arena two games ago that's like, hey, you're the head coach now. Kerr's out due to COVID. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, coaching is all based on setting up systems, having routines, having uh, continuity and consistency. So when you're just kind of thrown into that position, yes, you can succeed. He won one of those games. He lost one of those games. But I, I think that this has absolutely nothing to do with Mike Brown. Um, well, I mean, it's got something to do with him, right? I mean, they, everybody on the team, coaching staff and players, they've all got to take responsibility for getting, for being down more than 50 points in a playoff game. Um, the point about the timeouts, look, there, there's some games where it's pretty apparent from the beginning of the game that your team just doesn't have it on those days. And in those situations as a coach, you know, sure, you can call some timeouts early, but if it doesn't work, if if you're not making any progress or you're not looking any better in the second quarter, continuing to call timeouts for the rest of the game probably isn't going to change anything. So I don't, I'm not sure how much for this one specific game you can really point to that and say, oh, that's a red flag for Mike Brown as a coach for the rest of the way. Sometimes your team just gets blown out, and whether or not you call timeouts, it's not going to save them. One of the greatest coaches in NBA history hated to call timeouts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really compare it to to Phil Jackson's style. Yeah, I just that game was over basically when the ball was tipped. So yeah, doesn't mean that Mike Brown doesn't uh, need to share in the responsibility for that. But when it comes to timeouts in particular. I don't know how much that would have changed last night's game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he definitely does have some responsibility, but I think his responsibility as an assistant coach or head coach is going to be the same as far as the outcome of this series. Um, but, yeah, I'm not worried at all. I, I'm happy to welcome Mike Brown to Sacramento. And uh, the sooner the Warriors get eliminated, the sooner he can start. So I'm not worried about that at all. I'm always trying to look on the bright side, Calvin. Yes, side. yes, you are. You know, if they lose, they get eliminated. <laughs> Mike Brown's driving right to Sacramento and getting to work with De'Aaron Fox. All right. Is Giannis the best player in the NBA? Tough question to answer. Both of those questions, Key Kings, are, are hard to answer. Um, I it, He certainly is making a very good argument for it, right? Like, it, you know, it's kind of the same way that I've been answering the MVP question uh, the past couple of days. He he is playing like the best player in, in the world. He's the best player. He that's has left been, yeah. He has been now for for a little over a year. Um, there's probably a couple other guys that are in that conversation, and then there's some guys that are hurt um, that could come back and and maybe be in that conversation again. But if you look at who the three finalists for the MVP were this year, Giannis is the best overall player out of all three of those guys. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think he uh, is definitely the best player that's left here in the playoffs. And uh, I feel like best player is always kind of like a lagging indicator, right? Because 
you don't crown somebody the best player when they win their first MVP award. You don't crown them the best player when they win their first, uh, you know, league championship. It's kind of a lagging thing where it's like, you won four MVPs now and four championships. You're the best player because you have all this history behind you. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really like a current thing. So if I were to just look at players that are currently left in the playoffs right now, Giannis is the best player as far as throughout the entire league. He definitely has a great case, but I don't know if I'm just saying hands down best player in the NBA right now. Who would you put above him? I don't know. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know who that is. I, th- I think it really speaks to the state of the league right now um, because you've got this older generation of great players that is are starting to be on their way out, right? Like mm-hmm. LeBron still had a phenomenal year last year, but I don't know if anybody's really giving him the title of best player in the league He's still. He's regressed, yeah. Yeah. He is the maybe the greatest 37-year-old of all time, um, but maybe not the best player in the league right now. So you've got that generation of players, Chris Paul, um, LeBron, James Harden. They, they seem to be s- starting to, like you said, regress. Then you've got Giannis, who is kind of in the middle. He's now into his prime. He just won, he's won multiple MVPs, finals MVP. Uh, he has, you know, the the trophy until somebody knocks him off of it. And then you've got this super, super deep, young pool of talent in the league that mm-hmm. is all up and coming. Jason Tatum is now pushing his way into that conversation. Um, you've got Luka. You've got Devin Booker. You've got all these guys, John Morant. They're the, the next uh, phase, right, the future. So I think as of right now, it's, it's Giannis until somebody else kind of takes it from him. Yeah, I think that – a huge advantage that Giannis has is we've seen this in the past as far as like best players in the league is they have a physical advantage, right? Like LeBron won the genetic lottery, bigger, faster, stronger than everybody. Giannis has an amazing work ethic. He continues to get better every year. He has all the skills, but he also has this incredible athletic body that nobody can match up with that's what gives him a huge edge in my opinion um so you know what you know what dude i i might at the end of the season i might be willing to crown Giannis the best player in the nba but he's he's up there i think there's maybe tears at this point and he's definitely i, I in can't the top really tier. I, I, there's nobody that i'm really gonna put ahead of him right now yeah uh, jason tatum's the only guy that's making me think about it just because of the way he's played in the playoffs so far this year um and and he's one of those guys again for me to be the best player in the league or the best player in the world you have to do it all right you yeah. have to be a dominant force offensively and defensively you've got to be you know uh, your best offensive player and your best one or two defensive players something like that uh, and those guys have very few weaknesses in their game. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler? Where does he rank? I love Jimmy Butler as a player, and he's he, again, is one of those two-way guys. Um, I'm not putting him ahead of Tatum or Giannis or, uh, man, that's tough. Now I'm going to have to think more about everybody in the league. He, he's high. I mean, he's he's high on the list for me. He really is. I do like Jimmy Butler a lot. He's really hard to rank. I th- I think he's underrated by most people. Yeah. But 
Yeah. You know, he's I, got, a lot of people point to the three-point shooting. That's really the only flaw he's got in his game. He yeah. does everything else. He's a, a primary defender, can stop your best player, great uh, scorer in the mid-range, great slasher, uh, a decent passer, de- decent ball handler, excellent rebounder for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. It's the um, attitude. He, he does me. a lot of it. He does it all. That yeah. that's what puts him on another level for me is the attitude. Yeah. Uh, which oh, Damian Lillard is one of my favorite important. players in the league too. I forgot all about him. Yeah. Uh, who's a better defender, Drew Holiday or Marcus Smart? That one's tough. I, that one's really tough. I think they're both great. They're both really good. I I love Drew Holiday. I I think he is also one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, I, I just kind of like him as a player more, so I guess I'll give a slight edge to, to Drew, but they're both really good defenders. I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. Um, same reason I like Jimmy Butler. I think the attitude. Drew Holiday is a quiet leader. Uh, no knock on him. Amazing player, but Marcus Smart has that fire. Won the award for the best teammate in the league this year. I know, but I'm just saying Marcus Smart's got that fire that I look for in a, a defensive player of the year candidate and in a defensive stopper or leader. He's got that Draymond Green, that KG, that dog mentality that I absolutely love out of uh, defenders like him. And it's it's almost and same with Gary Payton, right? Is it's not always his ability as a defender. It's his aura. It's his competitiveness. It's uh, the atmosphere that he creates around to frustrate people and take them off their game. Like these are all cerebral attacks on the offensive player, and it sometimes goes beyond your defensive abilities. That's why I like a guy like Marcus Smart over Drew Holiday. And no knock against either of them. Both incredible players. I'll take either of them. Yeah. yeah. Vivek rescinds his contract and hires Mark Jackson. I hope not, man. It, he, you got to start somewhere with some consistency here. Uh, I heard that Monte's uh, getting his extension as well, so very happy about that. Uh, I love what the Kings are doing, but uh, Tuesday's a big day. What do you guys think of the league now having conference final MVP awards? I think it would have. I, I think I would have liked a postseason MVP award instead. Have you heard about this? I, I actually didn't know that they were doing that. I haven't heard um, about this either. I don't know. I, That's true. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm really a, a fan of it. Um, and I'm not sure how you, just like it's hard to, to choose who the MVP of the league is, if you had a postseason MVP award, I find there being some difficulty trying to figure out who that is, right? Cause Very difficult. How, how do you differentiate from a guy – that goes that yeah. averages like forty points a game yeah. and ten rebounds and in gets, one series, gets but gets eliminated, <laughs> as opposed to a guy that averages twenty points, eight rebounds, and eight assists a game and makes it all the way to the finals. Like, obviously, you incentivize winning, right? Yeah. Which people are are saying you should incentivize winning in the regular season MVP award, and uh, it, you know, I I just I'm not so sure about that. How easy it would be to to uh, determine. I like the idea of the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird awards. That's pretty cool. I, I might be more open to something like baseball where you have an L- NL MVP and an AL MVP or something like that. Maybe you split um, 
you know, the MVP award. And then, you know, Jokic and Embiid could have both won MVPs before. Uh, I mean, we saw it, the, the this, all-star game. Shaq and Kobe like shared one. We're walking down the participation award trophy, though, right? Like, yeah, there's too many. It's the playoffs that they play for the the final Larry O'Brien Trophy and the Finals MVP trophy. Shouldn't yep. that be enough for postseason awards? Yeah. Why do we need to add more? Yeah, I I like the idea of honoring Magic and Larry, but Calvin's right. I think they need a regular season MVP award that needs to be given out at the end of the regular season. And then they need a finals MVP. And I think the finals MVP needs to go to the best player of the series, not the winner of the finals. Like the year that Iguodala won finals MVP. It should have been LeBron. That should have gone to LeBron James. And that's only happened once in NBA history. It should have happened again. Uh, Winning is important, but when you're leading your team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and you force, what was that, game six? Uh, or game set, no game six I think oh that was I think they lost in six oh yeah I think you're right um, <clears throat> you should get MVP finals MVP but hey I'm not in charge of those awards so whatever do you guys see Levine joining Dame in Portland um, I'm just gonna comment real quick because I bet Calvin's got a bunch to say <laughs> about this I think it would be a really exciting uh tandem and very very entertaining to watch but i i don't see him leaving uh, chicago yeah i'll say the same thing we talked about this was it just yesterday or two days ago two days two ago. days ago i'll say the same thing that i said then um i love the bulls i want zach levine to be re-signed in chicago i think they have on un- a little bit of unfinished business there in terms of getting the team back healthy together and giving it a real run seeing how good they can be but uh, if I take myself out of that role of being a fan and just look at it from a basketball standpoint, if there was a place for Zach to go if he is to leave Chicago, Portland makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. They can afford to pay him. He gets to play alongside Damian Lillard. That would be a really great backcourt. If they're able to keep Anthony Simons, too, that, to me, seems like they've got the next uh, trio that the Golden State Warriors are are playing with right now. Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole has a very similar feel to me to what Dame, Zach Levine, and Anthony Simons could be. So that would be a, a really good core of guys to to build around in Portland. But at the end of the day, please, Chicago, re-sign Zach Levine. Yeah, please, it'll please, it'll please happen. Re-sign. The only the only way it doesn't happen is if he decides he doesn't <laughs> want to be there or or they're not gonna pay him. Uh, but I, I don't see either of those situations happening. Key King says, did you guys hear about Dyson Daniels potentially wanting to play for a team like Sacramento or San Antonio? He had a podcast recently where he talked about those two places as potential destinations for him. Um, I mean, I, I see him projected at like number nine or 10 in the draft. So, I mean, he's saying all the right things. Why wouldn't you want to go to Sacramento and get drafted potentially two positions higher, three positions higher than you're projected? It's more money for you. A lot of these guys, their dream is just to make it to the NBA. Um, You know, you look here at the top teams, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, you know, Oklahoma City, uh, and then you got the Indianapolis uh, Pacers here. (laughs) Or sorry, Indiana Pacers here. Pacers. Um, 
all those teams are crap, man. I know the Kings. <laughs> and then you've got the team that hasn't made the playoffs in 16 straight years. Yeah, I know you got the Kings on there, but still, like, the Kings have some talent on their team to build around. I think the Kings are more talented than those other five teams that I mentioned. Um, then you got Portland on here as well. You got New Orleans, like... I don't know how much playing time you're going to get with New Orleans. They seem to be loaded with talent and a lot of players. Uh, I do like hearing people say they want to go to Sacramento, um, but you know I, I'm not really putting any uh, anything into that yet until I figure out who wins the lottery. Yeah, I mean, you hear guys that go through the draft process every year say stuff like this like i you know i like this team i think i'd be a good fit for this team or um you all you hear the direct opposite of that i just want to go you know where where i'm wanted whoever drafts me blah 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 um so it to me it's not uh, i don't really care if a guy it's nice to hear those things right yeah but that's not going to determine who the kings draft just some guy saying I want to play for Sacramento doesn't mean Monty's like that's my guy right there. Yeah. So yeah. we it, want who Monty wants. There's a lot of things that have to play out here, and yes, the draft lottery is is the first domino to fall in that. Yeah, we we want who Monty wants. I think Monty's proven himself in the past two drafts that he is able to draft well. Uh, obviously, we haven't done as well as the Memphis Grizzlies, but you know, there's always a, a goal to shoot towards. Uh, but, yeah, good good to hear guys wanting to come to Sacramento, young guys that want the challenge. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton said he wanted to go to Sacramento. We end up uh, drafting him. He played well, and then we traded him for an all-star. So uh, I wouldn't be mad if we were to do that again. But, yeah, it, it's tough. We still have a lot of time before the NBA draft. Any other questions, guys, before we wrap up the show? Uh, Techno Peasant says, oh, yeah, I was thinking about the Iggy getting MVP award as to why there should be a postseason award instead. LeBron most certainly should have won the award that year. Yeah, the dude was just playing incredible, man. Like, I watched every single one of those games, and I was just in awe watching the guy, and I still go back and watch it, and I'm like, wow, this was incredible. I'm like, I was watching this live, and I still... One of the greatest postseason performances ever. Still didn't take it all in. Yeah. You know? Still didn't take it all in. And that's the coolest thing about basketball, right? Is, like, things happen in the moment, and that moment's over. But as fans, we can go back, and we can watch amazing performances by guys like Dirk Nowinski, Kobe Bryant, you know, Jordan. Uh, I mean, there's hundreds of players. You forget... You yeah. know, what they looked like at the time they were in their prime or, or you know, it, it's it's hard to uh, to keep those memories fresh, especially when you watch, you know, so much basketball every day. You see what's happening yeah. currently in the league. It, it it makes it easy to forget what happened in the past or, or how good somebody was, you know, mm-hmm. for a brief period of time. The best part of them showing that LeBron chase down block today on ESPN was Richard Jefferson was on the show and he was on that squad, right? Mm-hmm. So they stopped it and Richard Jefferson's on the bench and he's like, like, <laughs> why did you guys let him through? He just yeah. let him through the entire defense and he's just like, and then all of a sudden this blur of LeBron comes across, huge block and everyone's just like, oh my God, yeah. that was incredible. 
Yeah, that was one of those uh, you remember where you were moments. Yeah, the timing, the timing on that is just incredible. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all your time. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Please share this video with your friends. We're not going to be doing a live on Royal Rebounds today, but we should, or we potentially might do one tomorrow depending on how much content we have. We will also be back tomorrow on this channel. But uh, our main goal right now is just prepping and getting ready for the draft lottery on Tuesday. We're going to have a really fun live party watch experience. So make sure you guys join in for that. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please close out your tabs. We will see you all tomorrow. And uh, don't miss the games today. Anything else, Calvin, you want to say? Happy Thursday. All right, guys. Don't forget to tip your bartender.